welcome to another episode of the How Long To Beat podcast. I'm your host, Paula, joined as always by Josh. What's up, everybody? And third time is the charm, as everyone says. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, as always, we'll be talking about what we've beaten, uh, what we've retired. Wait, no one has retired anything, so that's a win for us. Mm -hmm. And what we've been playing. Um, the topic for this week is comfort gaming, like which games bring you comfort or which games do you like to just jump in and out uh, at any given time, regardless of mood. And finally, it is my turn to guess whatever monster of a game Josh decides to bring to the table. <laughs> or not guess, hopefully. Or not guess, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, I see if you've completed a game you've been uh, working on for a while. Tell me more about it. Yeah, yeah. So I caught up with my sister over the weekend and we finally finished It Takes Two, which we've been playing pretty much for the last couple of months, just on and off whenever we catch up and have the time. Uh, I have thoughts. <laughs> uh, we both have thoughts. <laughs> I'm trying to represent my sister's thoughts as well. And we basically agreed um, on the game. We loved all the gameplay um, much like I would expect in A Way Out or other games by the developer. Like, I love Brothers Tales of Two Sons, even though that wasn't a co-op, but kind of a single-player co-op. Um, but this one, yeah, the gameplay is outstanding. Love the way that they uh, get you to work together in different ways and constantly give you different things to do and you have to think differently about how you're working together. Um, sometimes you're off in different map parts of the map doing things on your own. Other times you literally have to do things timed well together to uh, move forward okay. and you know so on and so forth and how throughout the game they keep giving you different powers or tools which change that obviously complement each other so they have to use them together to move forward and that sort of thing so fantastic game in that sense i can see why people really loved it and yeah we really did enjoy playing through the gameplay and discovering different ways that a game can get you to work together because some of it was quite unexpected at times and just not stuff that I would have come up with off the top of my head. So that's kind of nice. It's good to be surprised. Uh, at the same time, we absolutely hated the story. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like the character, the main characters. And I'm always a big uh, supporter of, you don't have to like characters for it to be good but I just didn't like these characters and I didn't like the ending and <laughs> it all just seemed a bit, I don't know. They just seemed like jerks. <laughs> <laughs> they seemed like the kind of people who you'd, you know, I'm speaking as like a, a middle-aged dude and <laughs> they seem like the kind of people who'd invite you around for dinner. You'd have dinner and then you'd go home and be like, well, not returning their calls because <laughs> 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 they're just dicks. <laughs> but uh, other than that, The actual game itself was um, very, very well put together. So the story is more of like a taste thing, I, I suppose, or, you know, maybe it's a cultural thing because mm, I don't know, could be. But um, the book, though, was very, very uh, welcomed bit of comic relief and <laughs> and actually had some good writing and stuff. I felt more so than the the two main characters that you play. <laughs> so The book has good writing. <laughs> I thought so. Like, I'm sorry, but it just sounded funny. <laughs> it's a stupid character. And, it, and yeah, it's it's total comedy uh, filler kind of character. But I felt like 
the book was written well for what it needed to be, whereas the uh, the main characters, I can see they were trying to make them evolve over the game without being too stupid and having them suddenly go, oh, I love you and we're all good. Um, minor spoilers, I suppose, but that's what the whole story is about is them being in love. But yeah, the the end result was just, we just kept like complaining about them when they were talking just incidentally throughout the levels. We're like, oh, shut up. Like, <laughs> stop whinging about that and like, get over it, dude. Like, grow the fuck up. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> story not for me. Gameplay, fantastic. I would definitely check out um, any other co-op games from the same developers. Like, we're actually thinking about playing A Way Out, even though I've seen most of it online, but my sister hasn't seen it at all. And it's just another good co-op game, though. So, yeah, we'll probably be checking that out sometime down the track, maybe over the Christmas holidays or something. But, um, but yeah, that was It Takes Two. I don't know if I'd give it Game of the Year like a lot of people did, but it was still very good. Uh, and then the other thing that I've finished is, well, finished, quote-unquote, is Poems and Codes, which I've spoken about a lot. Um, basically, I've just completed all the puzzles, which is quite extensive. Um, it actually ended up taking me about 24 hours, I think, all up, I want to say. Yeah, about 24 hours, um, which, you know, is, as I've said many times for this game, like, the best thing about it is that it's got lots of content because I'm always disappointed when I find a nice puzzle game that I enjoy that's, you know, not necessary for everyone and kind of niche, but you end up doing, say, 10 puzzles and then you've finished the game and it's like, oh, I want more. And it would be easy just to make more because it's just repeating the same thing over and over. <laughs> so it's not so much of a challenge to make more. Um, I have a thing to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I get why it might, you might, you might hear that and think, oh, well, that sounds really boring and, <laughs> and uh, disappointing or something. But um, if, if that's what you want and you want more content, it's good to see that they've got lots of content is yeah. the way I think about it. And I was just saying, like, easy to say, for you to say that it's just repeating the thing, the same thing over and over again. And like, <laughs> I made puzzle games. It is not like that. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate that. Well, in fact, I think you'd be surprised though, because in this game, it probably is more like repeating the same thing over and over again. Because <laughs> the puzzles don't change that much. It's just a different, uh, different cipher each time, basically. So different letters represent different letters. But otherwise, yeah. it's exactly the same. It's not like, like I imagine coding lots of different Pycross puzzles or something would be difficult because each one is quite unique, even though it's got a similar set of rules and that kind of stuff. Whereas these pretty much are very repetitive. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> so, you know, again, I appreciate it's not for everyone, but I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I'm, I'm still playing it, actually, because I'm going through... Um, you can set the difficulty level. So when you start a puzzle, it basically fills in some letters for you or not. Um, and there's a really cool option, which is a progressive difficulty level, meaning it just gets harder and harder as you go rather than staying at one level. And so I'm basically going through puzzles I've already played, but on the hardest level where they give you no hints at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll probably, now that I've finished it, I'll probably keep doing that until I, have had enough and I feel like I've satisfied and then I'll put it down. But um, yeah, great little game. Obviously not very popular though because I had to like add it to Hell and to Beat as well. Um, 
So yeah, little niche one if that's the kind of thing you're into, but I imagine most people aren't. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I've completed. Uh, and I see, Paula, you've completed a big one. Yeah, I finished Pierre Fading Memories. And I, while you were talking, I was just counting the amount of endings it has because I made a note for every ending I got. <laughs> it has the 38 endings. <laughs> Holy moly. Okay, to be fair, um, you could say like five of five of them are called like best endings because they're like, mm-hmm. well, the happy ending and everyone they probably ever after. Well, not really. There's a sequel, but you have <laughs> five uh, very nice endings, five neutral or good endings. How this game called it? Yeah. Uh, you also have the finale ending. Uh, you have this secret ending. Uh, those are 12, right? <laughs> you have five, um, five tragic endings. And the rest of them are like, um, oops, you died endings, which uh, are actually like bad endings. Um, always a good time. Always a good time. Uh, <laughs> so this one I play completely with a guide. Uh Provided by the ever so awesome Chloe, aka Otome Kitten. So, if you're playing any Otome game on Switch, or almost any, or like the, the, the release, like the Axis slash Idea Factory ones, uh, mm-hmm. slash Broccoli, well, the big ones, um, I do recommend you going to her webpage because she has. I think every major uh, PS Vita and Switch Otome and a couple of PC ones uh, with a guide nice. that she uh, put together. I have no idea how she put the Pure Fear of Fighting Memories one together <laughs> because uh, I made over 30 saves during my playthrough because you can have wow. like up, up until like 100, one, uh, 100 saves. Um... And some of these endings, if I wasn't aware of the mechanic of the uh, character having uh, two stats plus the third hidden stat that is like which extra scenarios you watch and which ones you don't watch, there's no way in hell I would have gotten the best ending for anyone. <laughs> because unlike uh, some other Atomic games, like let's say Radiant Hill, uh, this one doesn't have like a uh, what is called like a love catch symbol that after you made a decision, you are given like a hint on screen or by sound and by sound of which character they uh, just made happy with your uh, particular decision yeah. or which one you made unhappy because there are some love catch uh, symbols that are like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, overall, I really like the story of the game. I completely forgot that the whole um, um, religious backstory of the game was actually tied to the um, main story of the game, <laughs> uh, which is why uh, at the end of my first playthrough, I remember not feeling like weird about it. Um, but for some reason, I completely forgot. I have no idea what happened back then. <laughs> um, the game, as I stated, has... Well, technically six characters, but five are like the main characters. 
the one uh, finale ending, and then you have a secret character ending. Uh, so if you just want to complete like the good stuff, uh, just go with those seven. I don't think um, getting any good, bad, tragic endings is required for you to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. There are people saying otherwise that one of the bad endings is actually required to fully understand the story. I call bullshit <laughs> uh, because it is actually quite heavily hint the thing you uh, kind of like get confirmed through that one tragic ending. The game can be brutal. It's not for the faint of heart. Mm. Um, uh, that's the one thing that I would uh, totally um, uh, tell people who want to play it. But if you're into the, the mafia slash noir slash action pack uh, visual novel kind of stuff, you'll get that there and then some. Because... Um, uh, like I feel like it is very, very, very well written. Like it does have like a couple of foreshadowing, uh, foreshadowings like throughout the story, mm-hmm. um, and then everything makes sense, which is always nice in a visual novel because you are here for the story pretty much, or for the pretty boys or pretty girls. <laughs> I don't judge, or both. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Um. I guess my um ranking for the over a game like for the characters and for the story for the characters i guess it would be something like oh my god um the if like from uh best to worst is like um dante gilbert um nicola no young nicola orlock and secret as for the writing i guess it's something more like Mm, I didn't think this through before uh, coming here. I am an idiot. <laughs> but for the writing, I think um, finale route is like no Gilbert finale. Um, Dante no, Young Dante, uh, Nicola, Orlock, and Secret. That is my ranking. Cool. I just talked with Jira to you. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, I really enjoy the game, and sometimes it happens when there's like one canon route that I am not always a big fan of it. Mm. Um, for this one, I guess like the more, I guess the intended route is like the finale route, and I enjoy it uh, throughout the route. So yeah, cool. Uh, that's the one game I finished. It took me thirty something hours. <laughs> With all those endings, I'd imagine. <laughs> yep. I swear I died more than Krillin in Dragon Ball Z, but anyway. <laughs> um, but that is everything I've played. Um, yeah. What have you been playing? <laughs> just to quick, take a quick break before I just run my mouth again. Yeah, I mean, I've started a couple of games, but I haven't actually got too far in them. Um for anyone playing along, I did mention a game that I played the demo of uh, during Steam Next Fest, a game called Looks Good, which has since been released. Uh, it's very much like a little to the left, if anyone's played that game, where you're basically, I guess it's a puzzle game, where you've got on the screen you might have a number of pens and you can sort them into different categories, like color order or 
height or something. And then you get a nice ding and it goes, yes, you've cleaned it up nicely. Um, <laughs> and that kind of thing. The cool thing about it looks good though, which I don't think I mentioned when I was talking about the demo because I was ripping through it, but it's basically, they've got a whole bunch of different artists to work on the game. So the levels that are in the game are in different chapters and the chapters are basically books and each book contains a different artist's um, work. So there's from the menu, you, you start off by selecting a book and there's something like, I want to guess there's maybe like eight or nine books. And in each book, there's a number of pages, which are basically the puzzles uh, done in the art style of that artist. So it changes quite a lot throughout each book as far as uh, what it looks like and you know how different things are interpreted. But the gameplay is still much the same. You're still like organizing things and making things look good. Um, <laughs> even it can be down to just like uh, one of them was just a whole pile of different uh, sized seed packets that you kind of put nicely into a grid together. Um, one of them was just cleaning off a whole bunch of like pencil shavings and stuff from the page. And you've got like a little vacuum dude that you move around to clean up. Um, oh. So, you know, it's very, it kind of goes into our topic as well because it's, it's a nice little comforty game. Like it makes you feel good and just makes you go, yeah, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> and that looks good. <laughs> so it's not, um, I haven't got far enough to know if it really gets super in-depth or tricky or challenging at all. Um if it's anything like a little to the left, I kind of imagine it won't because as much as I enjoyed a little to the left, it was pretty straightforward and fairly easy to get through. It's not a, the point of the game is not to be challenged so much. It's more of a pleasant, nice meditative, almost experience. Um, uh -huh. So I'm enjoying that because I like those sorts of games. <laughs> uh, I've also started Rusty Lake Hotel which I've mentioned before that I'm going through the Rusty Lake games. Uh, and this was the next game to play according to the developer. And I'm loving it so far, but just because it's like bigger and better cube escape, <laughs> um, you can tell it's got its own story going on and everything. And it's a lot of fun because there is more obvious story. It's not quite as abstract, uh, at least not yet. Anyway, I, I don't, yeah. I don't like to expect anything in these games because <laughs> I think that's stupid. <laughs> You're probably going to be wrong if you expect anything, <laughs> but um, it's still as disturbing though. Like I've kind of completed the first yep. <laughs> goal. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, without spoiling anything, you're you're making meals for guests, and I've completed the first meal. At least that's what I'm doing so far. So <laughs> uh, that's a nice way of putting it. And it's really cool. I love the art. I love the the presentation and the tone and how it is a bit fucked up and uh, everything, but it's still a straight-up puzzle game and there's lots of exploration and discovery. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like the opposite, I guess, of a puzzle game like Poems and Codes, which is pretty straightforward and repetitive. This is like, who knows? Uh, <laughs> you just kind of feel your way through and hope that you get to a result. But when you do, it makes sense and you kind of go, oh, yeah, I know how I got here. So that's kind of good. It makes sense in its own fuck-up-lear way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like that kind of thing. <laughs> not, 
not gonna. I mean, I, I like it yeah, too, but <laughs> not gonna lie. I actually, I'd rather this than a story that makes complete sense and is a bit boring. <laughs> true. Like, I like the kind of surreal, disturbing kind of aspects of it, and yeah, every time something fucked up happens, I'm like, yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like i say i've only like just started it though i'm like i've done like the first thing you meant to do uh and there are multiple things to do obviously and more places to explore and more characters to meet and uh interact with and um yeah i'm very much looking forward to that i imagine by next episode i'll have it finished if not more because uh, that's how much i'm enjoying myself no surprise there i say <laughs> um but I also, I was talking to Paula before we were recording and I picked up a game that she actually started playing this week, which um, was on special and I've been looking at it for a while. So I'm keen to hear, Paula, what you've got to say about Project Zomboid. At least what is that to see? <laughs> so Project Zomboid is a game where, um, wait, where is my phone? Because I have a screen cap of this and I want to read it. Uh, real quick. <laughs> so, Imperial Sunblade is your, I guess it's your typical um, zombie apocalypse game where you are supposed to survive um, by an, for an undefined amount of time mm-hmm. and, and just don't worry, I'm not stalling. Okay, so the first screen of the game, and this is in uh, the a tutorial level that you where you are supposed to learn the mechanics it says welcome to project zomboid soon you'll die horribly no one will mourn you and you will be swiftly forgotten everything will have been for nothing so let's make sure you go out fighting nice and it's very funny because they have like this red panda mascot who uh, is always like with you in the tutorial as in they they are the tutorial like they give you like hints and tips and tell you like how to move around all the tasks but they uh, gave him like so much personality because that red panda is sassy (laughs) like it, it always like reminds you of hey you literally cannot win this game you're eventually gonna die um uh, and that's the essence of the game. Try to to to, to survive as long as possible, and I guess try to break your own record. That's the whole thing. It doesn't have a story. Yeah. At, at least I don't think it does. So I'm playing with my boyfriend and another friend over on Discord. And well, uh, the first attempt uh, ended up very like very very badly, <laughs> like stupidly badly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, like he started a game, uh, a server, and uh, while I was creating the character, they suddenly the zombies arrived and they started like mulling at his character. And then I arrived to the game and swiftly died. <laughs> so that didn't happen. Our second attempt, uh, or like my second character, because you can make like multiple characters in a server. Mm. Um, so you don't have to like restart uh, over and over again every time some uh, one of you dies. Uh, so the great thing is that the person who created the server is able like to teleport uh, their character to whatever other character is, or like teleport uh, one of the other characters to whatever his character is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for my second character, 
Um, I collected everything in the house. Uh, found a horde of zombies, and after screaming a little bit, uh, I um suddenly I was teleported to a safe place, and then I realized I was able to get teleported to places. And it was like, oh my god, I fucking love you. You don't know how close I was uh, today. <laughs> and then I checked my character. And the funny thing is that your character has like uh, various stats and various uh, things going on with their life. So uh, each, I guess each body part uh, has its own state. So whenever you're like, okay, just um, starting out a game, uh, it will tell you, okay, you're uh, you you're okay in the um, in the status page. I think my character had like a scratch on the knee because she fell while running away from the zombies. <laughs> uh, a gash on the I don't know on the in the forearm or something like that, and a deep wound on the chest. So I had to patch up each individual part of the or her body. Um, by the way, you can you're able to um, make your character either unemployed or have like a specific um, job before the apocalypse started, and you'll get a specific um, uh, uh, stats for that. For so for unemployed, you have eight points that you can use however you want. Um, the funny thing is that the positive traits, traits and the negative traits had scored. Uh, a score like uh, assigned to each of them. Uh, so if you choose like a very, very strong trait, like, well, being very strong, <laughs> uh, it costs you 10 points and it gives you like plus four strength and other stuff. But you have to uh, choose a like negative uh, traits that make your uh, overall like score go to zero. Right. So for each positive trait that you pick, you have to pick a negative one. Cool. <laughs> uh, and that's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my poor unemployed victim had like at some point of the game like six, six different bandages in all, all over her body. Even though she completely uh, her health bar was um, pretty much f uh, full um some of her um wounds became infected so she was running a fever and <laughs> sounds about right what I, like, yeah <laughs> yep and at some point in the game she started like feeling bad like <laughs> a little bit queasy at the, at the first and nauseous and then she turned into a zombie <laughs> and was killed by one of my friends <laughs> oh no so that was fun. Um, the third character that I'm playing now is Sanders because I learned my, my mistakes. Uh, <laughs> we actually need someone who knows uh, about health and stuff. Otherwise, we'll just die of fever or whatever. Yeah. I swear, my characters are dumb because each time I'm running away from zombies, I was in that, in that on the floor. I don't know. They just ran into like... Uh, an ant with a big head or something. <laughs> um, 
but she's doing a lot better than my second character, which is nice. Um, and in the game, you are able to pick up skills by reading uh, skill books and stuff like that, or like doing exercise. Yeah, reading reading normal books takes you like very short time, but reading skill books takes you a stupid amount of time. So you have to be like in a safe place. I swear the number one mistake we've been making is not cover the uh, windows because the zombies can see if someone is inside the house and then we, they will, will swiftly break the windows and try to attack you. Nice. <laughs> um, that's what zombies do, I guess. Um, the other thing that I would highly recommend is try to keep in mind that uh, you have a limited a load that you can carry so if your your stuff is too heavy your character won't be able to run and will work slower than other characters um this game has a lot of attention to detail because if you go through a broken window no fact no shit you're gonna um cut your hands or some part of your body because of the broken shards so you first have to remove the shards then go through the window mm-hmm <laughs> um, that is one of the things that the tutorial makes you do. Like, um, okay, go through that broken window, and like, and then it goes like, "Oh, who would have known if you walk over broken charts of glass, you'll get hurt." <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, accurate. The the tutorial character is actually like very tongue at cheek, and I love that. So yeah, um, so far the game is a lot of fun. Uh, playing with your friends will. Uh, at the very least, make it a little bit harder to die. <laughs> Sometimes, unless you're beaten by a zombie and you slowly trans- transform into one. And uh, the other thing is that there's a lot of things you can do in the game. Yeah. Uh, we've only scratched the surface. So I totally recommend this game to play with your friends. Don't be a masochist, don't play it alone. <laughs> because you have a very, very hard, uh, bad time. So, yeah. Which is precisely what I'm going to be doing one day. <laughs> Just trying it alone. <laughs> uh, good luck, soldier. <laughs> I do not envy you. One thing I am curious about, though, is uh, this game has been in early access for like 10 years. So, I'm. Yeah. As much, I've seen, you know, I'm quite familiar with the game because I've seen lots of it online and stuff, but actually playing it, does it feel old or does it actually feel like current and good? Um, I don't know if the controls feel good. The only one, one thing that I would be a little nitpicky about is the way you attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have to press the right uh the mouse button, the the mouse, the right click. Yep. You have to right click. Um, or like hold the right button of the mouse. Um, there's a a little bar that will show up. Uh, that lines up with the floor. Mm-hmm. So you're able to aim that way. Uh, so, for example, if there's a zombie in the floor and it's trying to get up, you can just line it with the zombie head and just good riddance. <laughs> I'm not of it. Nice. Uh, so the thing is, is that I don't feel it works as well when the zombie's standing. Right. Uh, it. Mm, uh, but so if you are using like a short weapon. You'll probably get bitten, I think. 
Um, but other than that, like the movement feels good. The, uh, I guess the, the, the control scheme feels good enough. Yeah. And it's not like I'm fighting with the controls, uh, to play. So cool. I think that's a win. Yeah. That's good to know. I look forward to being horribly killed over and over on my own. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we should probably at some point extreme trying to beat this game. Or like not beat this game because it's unbeatable, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. Um <laughs> Yeah, that 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 would be terrific. Uh though you have to host the game because hosting uh the game takes so much of computer power because oh. it is hosted in your computer nice <laughs> um my computer only has eight gig- eight gigabytes and my boyfriend was like hey you can host the game no i can't no try it <laughs> the computer almost imploded on itself so i do recommend uh, hosting the game with at least 16 gigabytes on your ram cool anyway <laughs> Uh, the other game that I'm playing, well, if you thought you were safe from Pio Fiori and you wouldn't have to uh, listen to me ramble about Mafia Boys, you're that from because Pio Fiori has a sequel in English. <laughs> uh, called Pio Fiori Episodio uh, 1926. I probably should uh, look for the Italian way to say that year so I can flex them in the next episode and make it sound more Italian. <laughs> But that date's not today, so whatever. So, uh, in the atomic game world, and I guess in the Galgate too, but anyway, um, there is a term called fan disc. Right. A fan disc is kind of like a sequel to the game, but not really. It's more like a collection of either short stories in an alternative uh, universe, extra routes, and or... Uh, continuations to the routes uh, you already went through in the base game. Uh, and usually it is focused more like on the happily ever after uh, rather than uh, give you like a new story and a lot of drama. Unless they're like expanding on another character uh, that was introduced in the previous game. Uh, like it's the case with um, They Could Realize Fan Disc where uh, you meet a character called Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> not related at all to Sherlock Holmes, but anyway. And he doesn't have like a r- route in the main game, but he gets a route in the second game. And then you have like the uh, after stories for uh, for the main five. And you have like an extra story that is uh, obviously will have like a happy ending. And in the fun, this is usually like the focus is just to give some fan service to the player rather than um give them trouble I, i'm gonna say <laughs> yep uh, episode 1926 is not a fan disc it is a full sequel oh. so that means each uh after story uh for each character will take pretty much the length of a full route in the main game and also you have bad endings again Kill Darren's my old friend. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much uh, all I know about episode 1926. And things can go wrong really quick. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> uh, 
so it's more like a, a story-focused game with romance and sprinkle between because obviously it's an Otome game, so it has to have romance. Right on. Uh, but so this one is tricky because if you want more pure fairy, you'll get more pure fairy. But if you want like more fluffy pure fairy, or like a story that is just silly and cute, yeah, you're not gonna get that here. <laughs> Um, uh, so right now, um, exploring through the menu, you're able to go through what is called the, um, Episodio Burlone, uh, which is pretty much like a, a straight sequel for, uh, one of the, like each one of the, uh, six routes of the game. So you can pick like which story you want to see first. Uh, so you have Six story for Lone and one that is called Alternativa, which I guess is the um is it's like the story after the uh, grand finale ending of the game. Okay, cool. Uh, which is where like the protagonist doesn't end up like with anyone, and uh, I guess like everything is like as good as it can get, like story wise and whatever wise. <laughs> an alternative. I don't have it. I an idea of what they're gonna do on alternative because I'm not there yet. But anyway, um, the game also has extras. I haven't unlocked any yet, so I'll uh, up, update that uh, on a later date. Um, so in Piofiere, uh episode, well, in episode nineteen twenty six, uh, I started with Gilbert's Rod because it is like the recommended order of the. Uh, of the game by other players. I don't think the developers have made like a a recommended list of this jet, I think. Mm-hmm. Um Tufter Gilbert's um route like where they the all the mafias like banded together. Um and I think only one character died in the previous uh chapter of this route. Um, things start going south really quick because there's a plethora of new characters that will cause trouble. Nice. And if Yang from Piofiere uh, Faded Memories was probably the, the worst character in the sense of they're crazy and they will do whatever to attain their goals, well, he's an adorable fluffy bunny. Uh, um, compared to uh, another guy from the Chinese mafia called Jan. Um, so we're uh, up against the Chinese mafia, the Louis Van Fi. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> um, there's also like characters from uh, Gilbert's Bus showing up. There's a mysterious character that is, again, like following a specific character to kill them, but I don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> And overall, uh, this isn't the happily ever after I was uh, looking for when I first picked up the game without knowing it was a sequel. But so far, so good. Um, I feel like the story is a little bit all over the place right now, mainly because there's like many factors uh, around the route. Yeah. Like way too many new characters uh, showing their active faces and causing mayhem. <laughs> Uh, but overall, I'm liking it. So yeah, that that is all I played so far. 
three hours of this mm. and I'm on chapter four. Cool. Uh, so yeah, that is all from me today. Uh, so take the mic away from me before <laughs> I continue running my mouth. Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't, uh, yeah, got through heaps of games in the last couple of weeks, but I, th- I feel like the ones we've been looking at have been pretty good anyway. But um, mm-hmm. what we were going to talk about, where we can talk about lots of different games, is comfort gaming and the kind of games that, you know, you can always replay or dip into every now and then if you know you just you just want to play something you know and you want to have it make you feel good and just familiar and maybe a bit nostalgic or sentimental at the same time uh, and ga- games that you can always go back to just to, you know, it'll just you'll have a good time and you know what to expect, you know what you're getting into. Uh, and I don't even think it applies to necessarily games that are quote-unquote good uh, because I've played some games which have blown my own tiny little mind, but I wouldn't necessarily want to go back and play them again. <laughs> yeah. These are the ones that, you know, we've probably played plenty, way way more than we ever expected to. Um, so I think it will be fun if we like, took it in turns and talking about different games. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with one that I have definitely mentioned before, but probably no one ever remembers because it's a, a little game that no one ever remembers um, <laughs> called Tiny Bang Story. This is like my essential comfort game that I actually was thinking before even thinking about talking about it, I was thinking I was due to play through it again sometime soon uh, because it's, I've spoken about it a little bit before, but it's essentially a puzzle game where one of those games where you kind of work your way through a, a series of screens essentially. And on each screen there are things to find and puzzles to solve and, uh, yeah, different items to put together to then reveal other things and then you can move on to the next one and that sort of stuff. Um, the story is quite abstract and surreal because it's all told through the illustrations and as an illustrator, I really like that. <laughs> I meant, I think the first time I mentioned it on the podcast, I mentioned that when I was studying illustration, one of my teachers brought in some screenshots of this game to kind of show what how good digital game illustration can be. Um, and thankfully I was already a fan of the game anyway. So I was like, yeah, I'm glad other people know about it. (laughs) Uh, it's got such a good soundtrack too. It's, I mean, I like game soundtracks, but I rarely put them in the rotation with other music I listen to, uh, because you know, some of them are quite dramatic and not really what I want when I'm driving to the shops. And (laughs) whereas like, if I'm ever doing some work or something like the tiny bang story soundtrack is just beautiful chilled out um but light and easy and make you feel good kind of soundtrack uh so i do tend to listen to it every now and then just as just as a bit of like ambient nice awesome feel good music so for me this that game in particular is like the whole package as far as being a comfort game where yeah like i say i'm probably going to play it again sometime soon because i'm due and I know the game. I'll probably play through it really quickly because I know all the puzzles. I know how to solve them. It's <laughs> There's no mystery to it anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a joyful experience to play through it and to see those illustrations again and meet the characters again and just hear the music and, yeah, experience it one more time. Um, yeah, it's just, oh, it makes me feel so good even just thinking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so... 
that's the kind of game I guess we're talking about as well. Like that that kind of game that you just kind of gives you the warm and fuzzies without even playing the thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what about you, Paula? What, what sort of thing stands out for you? Okay, so for the first game that I put in this long list is called Realized Garden of Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus the two fan discs that are um, Theater Blessings and Wintertide Miracles. And cool. um, God Realize is like that first, it's not my first Ochome game because my first Ochome game was Amnesia Memories. Um, but I feel like this is the one Ochome game that made me an Ochome game fun. Nice. Because for like Amnesia, I, I played it because it was like, oh, um, um, this YouTuber that I was uh, following at the time that is Press Hard to Continue played a couple of rounds of the game and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And I tried it out and I completed it and I was happy, but then I discovered like shortly after I got my beta, um, I was walking through some mama, uh, Papa Mons, uh, Mama Pop stores and uh, I saw this game, liked the cover, picked it up and the rest is history <laughs> uh the thing about this game is that it kind of feels like a fairy tale um like i feel like this is one of the more easy to recommend vanilla Otome games uh, because it doesn't have like anything that is egregiously wrong or like <laughs> too bloody or just that or like everyone lives a happy like a happily ever after in their respected routes um and it also has my one of my favorite um tropes of all time that is the newfound family trope yep. uh so it always gives me like the warm and fuzzies like uh each time i play it plus uh cardia the protagonist is uh, just one of my favorite uh, protagonists ever and the one route that i like i i think like the f- four times i played this game like no, I played this game to completion plus the fan disc four times. Wow. Uh, but uh, some uh, sometimes I just go and play my favorite route, uh, which is Victor Frankenstein's, aka France route, which, by the way, these uh, the, all the characters of this game are like um, inspired by their uh, literary, literary counterparts. Uh, so if you're a bookworm like me, you're gonna you're gonna be like, hey, I know that reference, <laughs> awesome. and it's just beautiful. So yeah, like this game, uh, especially that one route, always makes me happy to go play again. Um, I I'm usually like almost due to play it again because um, in one of the fun discs uh, is like Christmas. Um, it has Christmas stories, and it is Christmas is fastly approaching. So I guess I'm going to be playing this one whenever I, f- I finish PFA, if, I f- if I'm up to it. <laughs> uh, I, so yeah, like uh, this game just uh, makes me happy. Uh, I just love it so much. <laughs> what else do you have there? I mean, uh, an obvious one for me is I've grouped them together, but Doom and Quake, uh, being the first games of each so now like Ultimate Doom, I guess, or whatever they call it. But mm-hmm. yeah, Doom and Quake, purely because I'm so familiar with them. Like I 
I love them. I loved them at the time when they came out and I, I played them and they did blow my mind. And they're just so much fun. The best time I've ever had in a, in a first-person shooter really ever is with Doom and Quake. And I play them regularly because uh, you can rip through both of them fairly quickly, especially when you know what you're doing. Um, and I'm not the most talented gamer in the world or most hardcore gamer in the world, but I can play Doom and Quake on nightmare mode and finish them without really worrying and barely getting hit because I know where every enemy is by now. I know where every secret is. I know where every weapon is, all, all that kind of stuff because <laughs> I've just yeah. played way too much of them. <laughs> um, even down to like back in the day with Doom, I used to, well, my friends and I used to make our own maps and things and kind of not really do much with them, just kind of share them with each other and then play them and go, oh, that was cool. I liked how you did that thing or whatever. Um, and and making wads, which was the maps, was kind of a thing in itself where even though Doom is presented as a 3D game, it's actually built on a 2D plane. So yeah. there, there's you'll notice in Doom there's no rooms on top of each other and there's no spaces on top of each other. It's all just blocks of different heights that you can kind of get to or not. Um, whereas in Quake, obviously, it's... It's proper 3D. Uh, but yeah, making wads for Doom was a lot of fun because essentially as well, each block that you make has all the properties that you'll see in the game. So you set like the light value, the uh, the textures, the everything. Um, <laughs> and the way you can then combine that system to make really interesting and detailed things is kind of fun because you have to bend it to your will kind of thing. Um, not that I do that anymore. But having gone through all that when I was in school and playing with my friends and stuff, it was such a big part of my uh, gaming life that, yeah, jumping into Doom and, and or Quake and just running through so fast and shooting dudes with shotguns and things, it's, oh, it's a good time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, even I still enjoy it more than the new Dooms, and I don't mind the new Dooms. I like them actually, but, yeah, I just there's just something about that first one that you just can't it's just you can't get past it it's just perfect really um in my mind <laughs> and i'm sure a lot of that is nostalgia but it's a real nostalgia kind of game for me anyway like i play it and i just i'm taken back to having good times at, at school with my friends and yeah it's a probably a bit of a, a, a memory kind of association that makes it so comfortable but um but i like that i think that's a good reason to to put on a comfort game anyway like it's nice to kind of be taken back to good times with good friends. So that's Doom and Quake for me. <laughs> well, my next game is The Lion of Zelda Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. And I actually have like quite an history with that, but it is it, it is such a time to delve in it. Um, but the one thing that I absolutely love about Majora's Mask, especially over Ocarina of Time, which is claimed to be like the best game ever, which is not bad anyway. <laughs> Um, is that uh, it takes everything that made uh, Ocarina of Time fun and just refine it and put like uh, some extra sprinkles on top of it. So my years was have uh, has like this three-day cycle that you go through over and over again. And the map of the game is overall fairly small, but that works into like as a, to, to its advantage because 
each character on the game has a schedule. It isn't like anything overcomplicated, except for a couple of cases. Um, but every character has their own life, their own struggles, and uh, you go around like there's only four major dungeons in the game. Okay. Uh, so you could just blow through them and go with seven hearts to the final boss. But the charm of the game comes from their side quest. Um, so as every character has like a little story to them. Uh, going back to the game, uh, each time you always feel like I'm visiting old friends, uh, in a way. Mm. Uh, and some friends that really would help, and you can fight, which takes like the whole three days ago. That's like what's time around anyway. Um, but each time I go through the game, I always 100% completed because I like uh, at the end of the game like seeing everyone happy in the ending in the ending sequence uh, plus it has like one of my favorite mechanics of any Zelda game that is the mask so each mask has a specific purpose so you have the transformation masks that are from the um, main dungeons of the game they're like the main areas I guess Uh but you have like all kinds of sort of silly masks that you can use to either get other masks or like just have as a cute little thing that reminds you of that one side quest. Um, so it, it always brings a smile to my face. It always makes me sad to go through some of the side quests because uh, they can get a little bit emotional and I am an overly emotional person. <laughs> um but overall, it's. I think this is my favorite game of all time. Nice. Even though it's an X64 game with a 3DS remake. Um, and I always like to have an excuse to go back to it and play through it. Yeah, awesome. Well, similarly, like, um, I don't know if it's my favorite game of all time, but it's definitely one that I always play is Journey, which we've spoken about before. And um, I believe it was a guessing game game topic mm-hmm. <laughs> yep <laughs> but journey's kind of like a nice wholesome social experience for me because people still play it and every time i drop into journey and it takes you know an hour and a half to two hours to beat so it's always a one just play through the whole thing in one go um not only is it a chill game anyway because anyone who's played it will understand that it's it's fairly there are challenging parts, but it's it's pretty just exploring and seeing things and going, oh, that's nice. Um, but especially when you know the game, as you do when you played it so many times, you can kind of beeline for all the good stuff and have a good time. And But one of the best things about Journey still is when you meet someone else and you can kind of help them out because as someone who's played it a million times now, the amount of times I'll meet people in the game and they'll just be running around like a headless chicken or something. And, <laughs> and I'll like, you know, try and show them where some secrets are or um, where some extra little collectibles are or that kind of thing. And, you know, when, when you get someone who wants that, cause you know, not everyone wants to hang out with other people in that game and that's fine. But um, when you can actually help people out and kind of, uh almost like um escort them on their journey 
it's actually a lot of fun because <laughs> you know it's a, it's another person and i love the i love how the communication in that game is all just like basically little chirps that you make so yeah you have to try and interpret what people are saying or what they're trying to get you to do in response to what they're doing um and that's always fun like smash just mashing the button to get their attention or something <laughs> um, and yeah and i've spoken before about other things where you know i met a dude once and we spent half an hour just kind of flying outside of the level together and breaking the game but um yeah journey's one that is just very easy to dip into any old time and just play through and have fun every time it's a very meditative kind of calming game so i always feel good after that but uh yeah i haven't heard of this other one you've listed there paula <laughs> Oh, Liar Princess and the Blind Prince is, yeah. uh, well, if Colorealize felt like a fairy tale, this one is pretty much a fairy tale. Um, because you play as, um, well, she is, uh, well, she starts out the game as a wolf. And it turns out that she likes to sing like every night. And, uh, one night, like a little prince, just started clapping uh, at her performance without really seeing her because she was like at the top, at the top of a hill. Um, so after things happen, uh, she accidentally like uh, hurts the prince, and the prince is um, kept into a very um, not princely part of the castle. So she decides to um, help him out to and bring him to uh, the first witch to recover his sight. Uh, the witch, though, is a little bit uh, like Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want something, you have to give up something. So uh, in the game, she gains uh, a princess form um by uh, giving up her singing voice and not her voice she can still talk but <laughs> she can no longer sing uh in the same pretty way she used to uh so the game is overall like uh, an escort mission through and through and it is a puzzle platformer and you have to they always protect the prince. Uh, so the funny thing is that she can still turn back into wolf. Like she can swap between princess and wolf form. And she uh, can only guide the prince by his hand in the princess form. And But she can only damage enemies in her wolf form. So you have to... And there are like puzzles she can only do in the wolf form. And when she becomes human, she's like very, very fragile. So you have to be like more careful with platforming that way. Um, but overall, it's like a short, sweet little story that is pretty much like a fairy tale story. <laughs> um, but on the uh, overall look of the game, it looks like a storybook. Cool. And I overall like just uh, love the absolute hell out of it because of how simple the story is uh, how sweet or bittersweet it can turn out to be so it's like one of those games that I can just blow through in a couple of sittings nice uh, what's your next game? Uh, another one we have spoken about before P 
power wash simulator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad game. Yeah, the, the game that everyone rolls their eyes at me about. But <laughs> it's just so much. Sometimes, like I say, you don't want to be, like, stressed and facing a immense challenge that takes all your concentration and wits. Sometimes you want to put on a podcast or some music or put a movie on on the other screen and just work through a location cleaning it up (laughs) (laughs) i could have easily put like viscera cleanup detail on here or something like that because it's the same thing really it's getting a really dirty place and making it clean (laughs) (laughs) it's it's satisfying in real life it's satisfying video games as well um but i do enjoy games where it's and i know how much it sounds like an insult but I enjoy games where I can listen to a podcast at the same time or, you know, I can put some YouTube on on my other screen and kind of half pay attention to that as well. And, you know, games that aren't so demanding that I can't concentrate on something else at the same time. Um, So they're usually games that if you do look away, you can do that. You can just stop in your tracks and nothing's going to happen. So games like Euro Truck Simulator, for example, are not good for that because if you just stop, looking at the game, you'll crash your truck. Um, (laughs) Whereas games like this or even like Farming Simulator that I've mentioned or, you know, that kind of thing, if you stop looking at it, it, nothing happens. The whole game just stops until you come back and start doing things again. Um, And it's nice to have something that's just so undemanding and just so chill to play that, yeah, I can throw on my favourite movie or something and play this game because I know the movie so well and just enjoy myself and, you know, do something satisfying and pseudo productive while also enjoying something else. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's not that I don't think it can be enjoyed on its own, but I think it's a good game that facilitates multiple things at the same time in an enjoyable way. So I'm down for that. I like it. (laughs) And I, every time they release a new content patch, I don't even waste any time. I get straight on it and I want to play more. And I know if I give it like some time, I'll go back and play the stuff I've already played as well because I've already done that a couple of times with a few smaller uh, jobs in the game. But I know the big ones, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to clean you again one day. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's Power Wash Simulator. (laughs) Well, my next game is Fire Emblem Awakening. So this is... I. Really like the Fire Emblem series, minus three houses, but that's for another day. Interesting. Um, because I really like like the um, uh, like stage by stage setup. So you have like very uh, defined chapters or like stages, and uh, you only have to worry. Uh, like you only have to have in mind like, hey. This is stage, I need to beat it. Um, but also, like, I've played this game countless times, even though I have, like, I think I have it, like, locked, like, twice in how long to beat. <laughs> but I got this game back when I was in school. Uh, it was, I think, my first approach to anything that had any kind of dating, dating, dating sim element. Because in the Fire Emblem series, uh, starting with the... I mean, starting with um, probably that the DS ones, you have like support conversations 
maybe i don't remember <laughs> uh but in awakening they just took the support conversations like when your units like spend time in the battlefield like they get closer together and just up it up a notch nice uh so it's pretty much firemen uh the shipping wars because everyone likes to like pair their characters together in such a way and it it has an effect on the story not gonna say uh, what because even though it's an old game this game is considered a retro game now it it is more than 10 years old oh my god i'm so fucking old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um uh the thing is that I played this game so many times uh, during my childhood um, that uh, I it's not that I know the game by heart, but I kind of do yeah. because I played this game like in the highest difficulty and somehow survived through it. And uh, since I know how the story goes and I um, and I played it like so many times, I just like uh, go. I just like to go back and beat the game uh, when I get like that Fire Emblem itch sometimes. So I could be playing Fire Emblem games that I haven't played yet, but I don't know. This one has like a special place in my heart because of nostalgia. Uh, I just like tactical stuff and the chipping wars. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what do we have there? New games are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> uh another one that i thought of which is kind of an example of a genre more than anything uh there's a game called well there's a series of games called glass masquerade which are puzzle games quite literally um but the theming is basically it's all stained glass window kind of puzzles um mm -hmm. and the cool thing about it is they're all weird shapes like they're not just like your square puzzles with square pieces they're circles or they're triangles or the different star shaped things or whatever um and the puzzle pieces that you need to fit in are all weird shapes as well like just random crazy shapes which i like because it's a little bit different to your normal puzzles like actual puzzles <laughs> um and they're just really good games and again they've, they've got like a lot of content in them and you can spend like uh 20 hours like getting through just each one of the games and again it's not so much them in particular but they're kind of the games that i go back to when i feel like playing a really good puzzle game and puzzle games are kind of obviously something i enjoy playing but obviously the downsides for a lot of puzzle games is once you've once you've played them you know the answers to the puzzles and yeah <laughs> repeating it is kind of pointless because half the fun is figuring out the puzzles but um because these are literally puzzles and between games you kind of forget where all the pieces go because I don't know. I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> playing them again is like playing them new again. So, you know, it's, it's good, good times in that sense. And th these are the kind of games where I can kind of lose time. And if I wanted to kill two hours in a way that felt like 10 minutes, this would be the kind of game I'd play. Cause you just get so focused in on concentrating and, you know, trying to figure out where each, everything fits and all that kind of stuff that, yeah your internal clock kind of gets thrown out and you end up just kind of going, oh, look at that. I've been playing for way too long. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, and lots of different puzzle games are like that. And I guess the Tiny Bang Story is kind of a good example of that as well. Like that's essentially a puzzle game if you think about it, but there's a lot more to it as well. But, um, 
yeah, Glass Masquerade, great puzzle games. Uh, definitely recommend. Again, nice soundtrack, nice art, all those things that kind of make me feel nice and comfy because none of it is off-putting. Um, whereas some other puzzle games I've played, they could do with less extras and just stick to the puzzles. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe that's another time topic. But <laughs> uh, What else you got? Uh, I got here what can be called like the universal uh, comfort game of all, that is a short hike. Mm. Uh, they tried this game on my list of comfort games. I'm the only one who can beat it in like an hour or less than an hour. Um, so it's a game where you can just explore an island and eventually get to the um, uh, to the place you're supposed to be. But here, like the important part is like uh, more the experience of getting there. Uh, le and less the fact that you have to get there. Um, so I just like to get lost in that little uh, island and then find my way through the chop of the moonshine. Um, the two times that I played it, I taken completely different approaches to the game. So uh, I don't know. I just love that about it, that it it's so short if you just want to uh, get the very minimum or you can just lose yourself to to the game and I love that and the art is pretty charming too it reminds me of the DS uh, aesthetic and it is the friends that you make along the way yep <laughs> <laughs> this is like the epitome of um, it's the friends you make along the way yeah yeah totally <laughs> uh, well to take us in a completely different direction one of my favorite games of all time and when I play when I have the time is the very first Assassin's Creed game. Uh, any Assassin's Creed game is kind of comfort to me because they all have some, enough in common that you know what you're getting when you load up a new one. Um, although they have developed a lot over the years and having played all of them, they've definitely changed a lot. <laughs> um, but the very first one, I still love going back to it because... There's a certain amount of tone and darkness to the story that isn't present in many of the later games because especially after the second or third, they kind of moved away from the initial formula, which was basically uh, go to this location, there's a bad guy there, figure out the best way to infiltrate and then assassinate him. And there uh -huh. are certain things you can do along the way to kind of set it up and make it easier. But um, that's kind of like the formula. And, you know, fair enough, they expanded on that in later ones and made it a bit more involved and a bit more detailed and maybe not so much not as interesting, but <laughs> it, uh, it, it it evolved over time, which is cool. But um, I still go back to the first one and I still really enjoy myself. Uh, yes, it's got the worst combat in the series, because it's because it's literally like wait for someone to attack you, press counter, wait for the next person to attack you, press counter. Um, <laughs> that's all you need to do, even on the hardest enemies. <laughs> um, but it's got such a it's really the tone about it, like the the color palette for the whole game is kind of muted. It's kind of like browns and uh, whites and grays and stuff. Like it's not very bright and cheery. Um, there's a lot of poverty in the game or in the cities you go to and that sort of thing. 
So it's there's beggars and stuff who get in your way and kind of mess up your plans. But um, whereas like in the second one, it got more, hey, we're in Italy and isn't this fun and carnival and stuff. In this one, it's more like, no, these places are not necessarily nice places sometimes, especially because oh. they're ruled by these dickheads who you're trying to go and kill, essentially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the places that you're in are kind of oppressive and, and horrible and you can kind of feel that through the texture of the game, uh, which I really love. I love that kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, this one is like it's obviously still a big game and can take a bit of time to get through, but I very much like enjoy loading it up every now and then and just playing the original game just as it is, warts and all, you know, bad combat and all, <laughs> um, <laughs> because the story is just so good. And I wish they would have perhaps held on to a bit of that throughout the series, but, you know, wasn't meant to be. Uh, but, yeah, Assassin's Creed is just... If you haven't played the first one, I don't care how dated it is, I still think it's worth playing. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. it's one of those games in gaming history as well that is very significant because I remember it coming out and it came out, it was like a launch title, I think, on PS3 or something. And that's definitely when I first got it, it was when I bought, bought a PS3, it was I got that game with it, along with Call of Duty 4, which didn't leave as much of an impression on me. <laughs> but... uh yeah, Assassin's Creed. A good time for everybody. <laughs> anyway, back to you. <laughs> uh, uh, this is kind of like a new one for me uh, because I think I only got to play like last year. Was it last year? I don't remember. Uh, and this one is Rick's fault, uh, fault because <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, he picked he either picked the game or something or he pitched the game to us but whatever is his fault that i played it so ghost trick phantom detective it was originally a ds game now it is available uh, everywhere about uh, in your refrigerator <laughs> um and it's a game where you have to find the culprit behind a murder mystery but you are the victim nice so uh you are uh, essentially a ghost and you're given the mission to in 24 hours like before dawn uh to uh find whoever uh, killed you and uh and try to find a way to uh, avoid your death so the thing is is that you are a ghost that does tricks so the thing you can do is that uh, each time you find uh, a corpse or like someone who died recently, uh, you can just possess their body and go back in time to, uh, I think it was like four or five minutes before they were killed or something like that. Cool. And then you're able to uh, try to un- undo uh, their uh, cruel fate and that way you're able to also get information on who are you because you're Cecil and that's all you know. Uh, and also like how you really passed away uh, at the beginning of the game. Uh, the game itself is, I think it was directed by the original Ace Journey director or like was made by the original Ace Journey team. Mm-hmm. Uh, which by the way, I really like those games. I hope they make uh, eventually the seventh main entry of the game of the series, um, of the mainline series. I, I mean, yeah. 
Um, but Ghost, so Ghost Trick has that, I guess, a Saturny charm to their characters. Um, some of them are like quite silly, and some situations are a little bit out there. But overall, I really love this game because of how um, Tissel kind of like gets help from a couple of characters. And there, there's also like the goodest boy ever, who is Missile, <laughs> who is a little uh, Pomeranian uh, dog. Nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I really love this game. I haven't replayed it yet, so I don't know if you can count it like a, as a comfort game yet. <laughs> but I'm trying to uh, dig back into the Switch version of the game. Well, I just saw that it got released, uh, a remaster got released on PC this year. Yeah. So uh, it's on my wish list. <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah. So a little game that I love to play, which, again, a lot of people don't know about, is a game called Assault Android Cactus. Um, this is a twin-stick shooter that happened to be made by, well, literally by three guys who live in Brisbane in Australia. Um, I first became aware of it because it, I don't know if they still do it, but Intel used to do a competition every year where you could submit a game demo and they'd pick winners in a bunch of different genres and categories. And that would basically help promote indie developers who are making games and, you know, that kind of thing. And I think it was in 2013, maybe. So like, yeah, about 10 years ago, Assault Android Cactus won a category for their game demo. I really liked it. I played it through early access because they had a good early access program going for it. Uh, and it actually became quite involved in the community for a little while and knew a lot of the people who were regular players and who showed up always on the leaderboards and that kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, really got, got into it quite heavily for a long time. Um, but then, you know, as you do kind of stopped playing it a bit and, and moved on to other things, but it's the kind of game where I own it on, I think like three different systems, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I've bought it on each one as well. Like I haven't got it free or anything because <laughs> uh, I've just wanted to play it. And yeah, it's just as far as Twin Stick Shooters go, it's really solid. It's it's a good um, uh, kind of like just arena kind of Twin Stick Shooter where you get a whole bunch of different types of enemies thrown at you. And depending on the character you pick, because there's multiple characters to pick, uh, you get a different weapon with a different alternate weapon as well. So... There's like a character, well, my favorite character has like a machine gun that kind of homes in on enemies, but then you can switch to your alternate weapon and she's got basically a cannon which shoots a cannonball and and that can go through multiple enemies or, you know, do a lot of damage to a single enemy or, you know, that kind of thing. And there's, there's power-ups and there's high scores and there's leaderboards and there's like ranks from like D to S plus, plus, plus kind of ranks. Um, so there's lots and lots to do and there's a lot of, it's the only game I've ever really got into that stuff where I've never really been bothered with leaderboards or trying to get the best rank on a level or anything like that. Whereas for some reason, this game just hooked me enough that I've got right into it and was never the best at it. Like there's a lot of levels and bosses that I wasn't able to get really high scores on, but most of the game I did all right with, and it's the only game I've ever submitted a speedrun time to speedrun.com. Because <laughs> I wasn't, I'm not the fastest, but I met, 
I got to the point where I could basically get through the entire game in a, just under an hour, which is kind of the starting point of speed running the game. <laughs> uh-huh. So I thought, yeah, I'll submit it just for the fun of it. And, you know, that's that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the sort of Android characters. It's, it's the same developers actually who made the game Unpacking, which you might know of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. The guy, I think his name's Tim Dawson, is the programmer for Assault Android Cactus and the, I think the programmer for Unpacking because he and his wife made the game Unpacking. I say wife. I should say partner. I'm not sure if they're married, but whatever. Um, so the two of them made Unpacking and it's by the same developer. Like It's under their same developer lo- uh, banner, um, even though there's a, uh-huh. there's a couple of other guys who worked on Assault Android Cactus as well. Plus a composer and, you know, blah, blah, blah. really cool guys as well. Like, I sh- you know, part of being part of the community is talking to the devs on Twitter or on YouTube or whatever. And, um, yeah, they're really good guys who are invested in their game and their community. And, you know, it's just nice to have that kind of feedback as well when you're playing a little game that other people perhaps don't pay attention to. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very warm and fuzzy in that sense because of the community aspect of it for me. Like the, um, even now when I load up and they've got like a daily challenge that you know you can do every day. And even now when I load up and put a time on the leaderboard for the daily challenge, I recognize other player names who are on the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of nice. Cause it's, again, it's just nice to be part of a community really. Um, <laughs> Cause we're humans and okay. that's what we do. <laughs> uh, speaking of a big game puller, <laughs> I see what you've got next. So, <laughs> yeah, so I should specify that this is only for the main series of Pokemon. Yeah. And that is whenever I'm not doing masochistic shit, like doing Nuzlocke, which is one kind of challenge run, which can really break your either your heart, your mind, <laughs> or your patience at some point. Uh, though I have to be honest, one of the most memorable uh, playthroughs through any Pokemon game was my Platinum Nuzlocke because I actually did a Nuzlocke like, with a friend. Uh, like We both did a Nuzlocke and we shared little stories and did art about our Pokemon and stuff like that. Uh, but anyway. Can I just ask, as someone who's an idiot, I've heard of Nuzlocke runs and stuff, but I don't really know what they are. <laughs> have you got like a short... This is what it is. <laughs> yeah, so there's usually two or three rules in a Nuzlocke round. Uh, that means you can only catch the first Pokemon you see in a specific route. Okay. So the amount of Pokemon that you can get is fairly limited depending on the game. I have no idea how the uh, modern Pokemon games do it, but anyway. <laughs> um, the other rule is that you must name... Uh, each of your party members so you get attached to them <laughs> um, finally if any of your Pokemon finds in combat they're considered dead and you can no longer use them in, in the game Right. So and you have to either release them or box them so it's hardcore mode basically <laughs> pretty much cool well, that makes sense uh, so usually Pokemon is like a fairly easy game like I don't feel like you have to know every mechanic of the game to go through it. Uh, as like with other uh, RPGs, especially like the Persona and the Shin Megami Tensei series, 
if you don't use buff debuff uh status moves and stuff like that you're um dead <laughs> pretty much uh as with pokemon you like the, the story is like nothing grandiose you're just start your journey meet the bad guys become the champion that's the formula for pretty much every pokemon game um except for the later one but anyway <laughs> um but uh at the end of the day it's just a game where you can just skip a little bit uh pick either your favorite pokemon ever and just go with that one pokemon through the entire story or try to have like your favorite guys uh on your team and go through the story or just try to or like make a stupid challenge like Nuzlocke or like going with all water types or whatever so in that regard um each uh playthrough of pokemon can be very unique depending on what the person head canon is going through the game but at the same time it's something that you already know how it's gonna go you already know how it's gonna end hmm. so it's kind of like comforting that way you know like at the release up until Jan 7 that is sun and moon well i guess up until um Jan 6 that is like somewhere but up, up until sun and moon or like even certain chill you know exactly uh the story of the game without even playing the game and not having that kind of like very haha moment or like surprising stuff <laughs> uh sometimes is the one thing that you need and also pokemon is that that one game that i play while listening to a podcast or like watching all anime series and stuff like that so that that is my podcast game so it's like power wash simulator yeah, <laughs> you don't have to think about it. You just vibe. Unless you're playing a Nuzlocke. <laughs> why, should, why would you do that? Says the person who has played Nuzlocke before. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, well, <laughs> my final game is one of my favorite games ever and one that I think is one of the greatest games ever made, period. And I plan to subject everyone to an entire episode about this one day. But... Kane and Lynch Dead Men is one of the greatest games ever made and it's a pleasure to play again and again and I have played it a number of times and its sequel for that matter but the first one is just chef kiss brilliant um, and it's quite short it's only like f well when you know what you're doing it's like four and a half hours to beat which is what gave it lots of criticism when it came out because they sold it as a full price game and it was before that was more common and <laughs> it, yeah, it took four and a half hours to beat. But anyway, aside from that, they priced it wrong. The actual game itself is fantastic. And some of the most amazing kind of third person shooter gameplay you can kind of play. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the biggest downfall of all of this Kane and Lynch not being so popular thing is that the multiplayer is no longer supported. And the multiplayer was amazing. It was before Grand Theft Auto V, before like Payday was super popular. And it was that kind of gameplay where you'd do a heist, we'd rob a bank or something, and you'd have a team of people with you, other players. But then there was always that element of double crossing where you had the option of basically at any time turning on your team and taking all the money for yourself. 
And so it was that kind of like, you know, Joker in the Dark Knight kind of heist where you, you never knew if someone was going to shoot you in the back of the head, but you kind of needed to work together in parts. But then especially as you're leaving, you've loaded up the van and you've got all the money in there and suddenly someone's pointing a gun at you and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> or you try and get the drop on them and they're like, oh, man, I wasn't even going to kill you. And, <laughs> and yeah, some of the best multiplayer times I've had hands down. But playing through this game every now and then is just uh, super comfort. And like I say, I could spend hours talking about every little detail about why this game is amazing and why everyone should uh, get educated. (laughs) Uh, Because it is amazing and it is one of the best games ever made. But um, yeah, I will continue to replay it every now and then and enjoy myself and still be amazed at certain parts like the disco club level, if anyone is aware which at the time was mind-blowing technology because there's basically hundreds and hundreds of people in a club while you're having a shootout with some bad guys in Japan. Um, Ah, just an amazing game. (laughs) But yeah, very, very comfy. Um, And yeah, I think that there's obviously loads of games that you could mention and go on and on on about games that are comfy and make you feel good. But um, I think those ones that you kind of keep going back to are are the ones that really stand out and yeah they're the kind of games that just will always have a place <sighs> regardless of the day or like the week or like what is going on through your life yeah it's when you look at your backlog and you go i could play all these games but i'm just gonna play this other little game that i've played 10 times already <laughs> <laughs> that's so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah that's uh, basically what we've got to think on that one. As always, let us know if you have any comfort games yourself that we maybe didn't mention or you think we'd be interested in. Um, I'd definitely like to hear if anyone else has something that's perhaps not expected even. Uh, that'd be good. But now is the time. I hope you got your thinking cap on, Paula, because <laughs> you might get this first off anyway like you usually do, so... <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> but it's time to play our guessing game where the aim of the game is to guess the game based on comments on the game. Uh, and it's Paul's turn this time to be the guessy. And I have a game that I've played, which, you know, is a clue in itself when we compare our backlogs. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, the first clue that I have for you There are a number of comments. There's not a huge amount of comments for this particular game, but unfortunately, a lot of them are very, very giveaway. (laughs) So the first one I'm going to give you is quite detailed, but it might sound a bit generic. So this is for a main story playthrough, of course. Um, This person... What's the average for this game, actually? Just out of interest. Yeah, this person was about on par with the time, which I'll, you know, give you a bit later. But that comment was, cool game, good story, only one ending, meaning playing again isn't really worth it. Four out of five. (laughs) Is it Life is Strange? No. A game that has multiple endings and that you and I both played. Yeah. (laughs) Oh... 
Chances are it is available on PC if you played it, but you also have a PS5. Yes, it, it could be like multi-platform too, so I don't know if that's much of a clue. Well, I will let you know that it is the only platform listed on Helen's Beat is PC. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. It's quite uh, short. Play on I'll give you the time later, but it is quite short. <laughs> is it a street cut? No, that's on Switch. Never mind. <laughs> um. So it's a cool game. Good story. Only one ending, meaning playing again isn't really worth it. Oh, it has only one ending, probably. And it is fairly short. Uh, There's so many comments here I want to give you, but they would give it away so much. <laughs> There's some good comments for this game, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think because I played plenty of PC games. I think that's the most I played for my backlog. Mm. Mm. Is it the gardens between? No, but I have played that as well. There's so little stuff that is exclusive now that I think about it. Mm, I think even Guns Between is, I think I played it on PS4 or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not, not a good example. Fair enough, guess though. Uh, uh, is it behind the frame? No. Oh, fuck, that is on Switch now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this game has become a bit of a classic, although it was released uh, in 2015. Oh, a bit of a classic. <laughs> bit of a. What the fuck is this game? <laughs> hmm. I'll expand on that later if, if you need to. <laughs> yeah, uh, give me the second clue. All right. And uh, let me just grab comments. Okay, so this person, main plus, uh, basically the same time as the first person, but it's a legit okay. main plus because they've said they readed the last chapter for fun, read all status messages in each chapter. All status messages? Mm hmm. And it might not seem like a big clue, but it is a big clue. <laughs> Which is a clue in itself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, I will tell you now the uh, the first main story time, which is pretty much on par, was 27 minutes. And this main and sides is 30 minutes. But most of the main sides is about an hour. Uh oh, how did it, what's the name of this game? He's, if he has a story, is some kind of visual novel, isn't maybe I don't know. Like for it to be like that short, but still have like good story comment. Oh, mm. uh, what was the name of the game? Welcome to Guess the Game, and the name of the game is Guess the Game. <laughs> I know, but uh, I've had trouble like remembering the like if it's a game I think it is, it's something I played on a child. Could be, yes. That could be 
done? I have the picture, but I don't remember the name of the game. Kill me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so to expand on uh, it being a bit of a classic, it's one of those games that's kind of become a bit of a like indie darling kind of game. Mm-hmm. Like it's an indie game that got a bit of exposure and a lot of people know about perhaps more than other indie games. Wait, maybe it's not the game I'm thinking about then. I mean, I guess that's it, that's uh, my perception of it anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what else can I give you? Is it the one with the bunny and the wolf? No. Now I'm interested. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's, it's definitely been played a lot on Helm's Beat. There's roughly 3,000 completions. There's also a couple of video playthroughs and stuff on the completions page, so you know, it's fairly popular. Oh my god, what is this game? <laughs> uh Okay, give me the third clue because I have an idea. Alright, let's get something real good. So the vast majority of the comments are just like all achievements, 100 percent finished, whatever. Um but I'm gonna give you a couple because together they might tell you more so one of them is uh, an hour and a half which as you can see is you know three times as long as the main story completion uh-huh. this person said completed story 20 of 20 achievements earned all other profile icons used for other dialogue prompts uh ambulance away yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's super nice. I don't remember. I didn't remember it was that chart. Apparently, it is. Um, one of my favorite comments is for a very short 24 minute playthrough, which says, An emotionally unbalanced friend simulator. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, yeah, average playtime is about half an hour. Oh my god, that one, uh, that one really made me think. Yeah, I mean, I almost forgot that I played that game. And I think that's where it gets hard. Like, yeah, if you forget that one little little game that you played a while ago. So <laughs> I don't think you played it. Oh, my God. I thought I wouldn't be able to guess it. Oh, we got there in the end. Only one point this week, though, I'm afraid. Uh. <laughs> okay, let me check. Like, what was my time on that one? Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> oh, it took me 33 minutes to play. There you go. Why did I give it that 8 out of 10? I hated Emily so fucking much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, I thought the the story didn't resonate well with me, but it's totally a game about, did you used to chat with people on AOL or MSN? Because this is what the game is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, even if you don't relate to it, that's what we're going for. And especially, I don't know if you played the sequels as well, but um, I don't think you have. But I've played the second one, and I've got the third one, which I haven't played yet. And they there's the third one. Oh yeah, <laughs> it came out not too long ago, actually. Um, this year, I think even. But they go kind of forward in time a bit, so it's kind of more modern chat programs and things. And you're in college now instead of high school, and you know, blah 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 blah. Uh-huh. Uh, so your mileage may vary, but. <laughs> I enjoyed it though. It's, a, it's an interesting game. But um, yeah, well, congratulations. We got there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs>
but yes, that brings us to 12 versus 8. Only four points in it now, which will be good, provided I can guess something next week. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> You're going to need it. But yeah. So yeah, this is, then, this is the end of the Halloween TV uh, podcast episode. Thank you all for listening to us rambling on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, bye-bye, everyone. Catch you next time.